0: Praise God. Great to see so many of you online this morning, and uh, we pray God's blessings upon each of you today. So, we have been talking the last few weeks. Focus has been on, uh, as we have um, teaching this Bible study, we're focusing in on the people of God, the the family of God. And yesterday, we began going down the roadway of uh, talking about uh, the birth of Moses. We spent a much, much of our deal, time yesterday. Sister Maxine is in the Facebook room. God bless you, Sister Maxine. Sister Moody is there as well. We welcome these women of God. Thank you for joining us today, Sister Maxine, Sister Moody. Praise God. So we talked about Moses yesterday. We talked about his birth. We talked about how mom and dad tried to hide him for three months. And then built a little raft, you see that in Exodus chapter two, verse two through ten, and we talked about right toward the toward the tail end of our lesson yesterday, we focused our attention on how, at the age of forty years old, Moses fled Egypt because he fared for his life. Amen and he ended up on the backside of the desert taking care of a priest by the name of Jethro, taking care of Jethro's sheep. Here was a man. They made a movie. They called the movie The Prince of Egypt. He was a prince of the mightiest nation on the earth At this time, he was aligned to be Pharaoh. But at 40 years of age, he came out of the palace. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. This offended him because he knew he was Hebrew by birth. And as a result of witnessing this attack from this Egyptian upon the Hebrew, it got him angry, angry to the point he walked over to the Egyptian and killed the Egyptian and then buried the Egyptian man in the sand thinking he got away with it. The next day he comes out. We talked about this yesterday The next day he came out of the palace, he saw a Hebrew and a Hebrew fighting. And the connotation is one of the guys was really beating up the other guy. They're both slaves, but they were in a fight. And one dude was beating up on the other fella. And... Moses walked over to where this fight was taking place and he pushed the guy who was winning the fight. He pushed him off the guy he was fighting. And in anger, this the Hebrew that was winning the fight said, Are you going to kill me today? Like you killed the Egyptian yesterday. Moses thought he got away with it. But because this Hebrew said what he said, Moses realized that the rumor was out that he killed an Egyptian. He got afraid. What did he do? He packed his bags and he left. 40 years old he was, and he was going to start life all all over again. And um, he went to the backside of the desert, He asked Jethro for a job. He became became a shepherd for Jethro. Jethro, the priest, had some sons. So not only did he, 40 years of age, 40 years of age, he gets married to one of Jethro's daughters. And he stays there in that land. He's 40 years old when he gets there. He stays in this land under the leadership of Jethro for another 40 years. He's 80 years old. And 40 years Moses spends in Midian. He went out. And um tending sheep at the age of eighty years old, he's still a shepherd taking care of sheep in the backside of the desert. And at one just one random day, as he's out there tending the sheep, he he looked in Exodus chapter three. And verse number 1. Let's turn our Bibles to Exodus chapter 3. And verse number 1. Moses' life is developing quite quickly. Book of Exodus chapter 3. And we need verse number 1. Amen. The Bible says, Now Moses kept the flock. He's 80 years old, by the way, 80 years old. Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the Mount of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame a fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire. And the bush was not consumed. Typically, when we see something, a piece of paper catches on fire, a piece of wood catches on fire, the fire burns it, and it turns to ash. And as long as there's fuel, the fire will burn. But what got Moses' attention is that the bush was burning, but yet was not being consumed and turned into ash. So this, Sister Videa, God bless you. Good afternoon, good morning, Brother Gary. God bless you as well, sir. So, 80 years of age, 80, taking care of Jethro's flock. All of a sudden, in the middle of the day, he sees this bush. Seemingly, this bush is on fire, but it's not being consumed. It catches his attention. The bush is burning in his mind but it's not being turned to ash. It's not being consumed. Verse number three, and and Moses, we don't know how long he was checking it out, but he's checking out this burning bush, and Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burnt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is very, and we'll see this a little bit later on. This is the Shekinah, oh, hallelujah to God. This is the Shekinah glory of God. We have seen it manifest various times throughout the word of God. And this is one of those times, this bright glow of the glory of God. Moses experienced the Shekinah glory Numerous occasions in his life, the apostles experienced this Shekinah glory as well. And the Mount Transfiguration. Glory of God. Hallelujah. The brightness of God. To you and I, it would appear to be a bright flaming fire. And Moses sees this incredible sight, 80 years of age. He's taking care of Jethro's sheep, and he's 80 years old. He sees this fire, and he watches this fire as it's, it's seemingly in this bush. And he watches it, and it's not being consumed. And when the Lord saw, verse number four, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, hallelujah to the Lord God, Moses. And he said, Here am I. Praise the name of the Lord God. Hallelujah. Sister Petra, you have a question? Yes, sir. yes ma'am. Uh, I'm sorry, I may have muted you. Can you ask your question again? I'm sorry, I'm, <laughs> sorry, I'm muted myself. Uh, the Shekinah, can you, can you define Shekinah? We talk about the Shekinah of glory, glory of God a lot, right? Yes. But I have um, explained that a lot to people. So I just want you to explain what um, the Kashina mean, right, to those on um, Facebook and those on um, Zoom. Excellent question. Excellent question. Yes. Um, praise God. It is the visible presence of God. Now, we know God is inhabits everything. God is um God is present everywhere. There are, however, throughout the word of God, from Genesis to Revelation, there are instances where God allows his presence to be visibly seen. Hallelujah. And it's typically when, when the Shekinah glory of God is present, it's in a very sacred or holy or clean place, if that makes sense. Wherever there is a cleanliness or a praise God, whenever there is a purity amongst God and man, God's going to allow his presence to be seen. We see this Throughout the word of God, the Bible says that when they constructed the temple, it was holy, it was pure. Mankind did his very best to be in obedience to the word and the spirit of God. And as a reward, God allowed his presence to be seen. Praise God. Now, when you and I wake up and we walk outside our front door, we may not see the visible presence of God. Now, we can feel God, but we cannot see God with our eyes. And so, whenever there is a whenever there is a union between the spirit of God and the spirit of man and man is presenting to God during our daily devotional uh, the principles and promises of God last week on NECTN last week we focused in on purity now holiness is what God requires of us but purity of mind And purity, hallelujah, a purity of our heart, praise God. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. But whenever we become totally obedient to the will of God, it is God's desire to bless us. Many times, as I stated, many times God chooses to allow his presence to be seen and felt. Praise God and at the at the uh, construction of the temple, because it was a pure holy place, it was god 's dwelling place. the Bible let us know that the presence of God was there, presence of God is always what has always been there, but God allowed this visible presentation of his spirit to be seen by those that ministered at Uh, the tabernacle, the temple. Uh, Praise God. Moses, and we'll get to this. Uh, Praise God. Moses went up into the mountain to receive the 10 commandments. And the Bible says that the Shekinah glory or God allowing his presence to be seen. Praise God. It was such, uh, made such an impact. The purity of that God, that man was offering to God, man was purifying himself, man was cleaning himself. Oh, hallelujah to God. When you and I clean ourselves up in the presence of God, there is a Shekinah glory, a holiness of God. God rewards our efforts for purity. And again, Moses came down out of the mountain and the Bible says it wasn't his glory, but it was the reflection, the residue of the reflection of God on the flesh of man. Praise God. Now, some people, when they lay out in the sun, the sun is bright. They get burned, sunburned. But when you're in the presence and the glory of God, you don't have to worry about sunburn, but there is a residue of the glory of God that just shines off of you, if that makes sense. Moses, when he came down out of the mountain, uh, he had to put a veil on because of the Shekinah glory of God. Hallelujah. And throughout the word of God, there have been, a, there have been visible manifestations to such an extent that the glory, the presence of God could be seen, hallelujah, on the temple, when the, when the temple, uh, in the in the tabernacle, I should say, there was a veil, and if you got behind the veil, you would see, because it was such a holy place, a purified place, God's presence. Now, God's presence, again, is everywhere but the priest was allowed once a year to literally be in the Shekinah glory or the presence of the of the Lord God hallelujah and it's that same Shekinah glory folks are gonna misrepresent this and not understand it but when the day of Pentecost came right. hallelujah The Bible says on the day of Pentecost when it was fully come there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. Hallelujah. There was one church in Louisiana and it's a true story and they were having a Holy Ghost clean, pure righteous service and Praise God! A next door, our neighbor across the street from the church called the fire department. Nine one one. There's a fire in the church across the street, and the fire the the fire folks showed up. The firemen showed up, knocked on the doors of the church and said, "There's a fire," and the pastor said, "No, there's no fire." That is the glory, the Shekinah glory. Now, they came in. They had to inspect the building, but praise God. Hallelujah. The presence of God, and that's where we need to get to. We need to get to the point in time where we are living in such a way that the Shekinah glory of God just shows up and is a blessing to us. Bless the name of the Lord God, and that's what Moses experienced. That's what Moses saw, the Shekinah glory of God. And again, as we go through our Bible study, we'll look and stop and see the different instances when the Shekinah glory of God showed up. Praise God. I hope that did it, Sister uh, Petra. I hope that explains it. Hallelujah. My God, God is awesome, and we need to live awesome in his presence. Praise God. Hallelujah. Sister Moody, God bless you. Brother Mark Copeland, we welcome you today. God bless you as well. Hallelujah to the Lord God. So, um, and uh, verse number five of Exodus chapter three, and he said, draw not, this is the Lord speaking to Moses as he approaches what he thinks is a burning bush that's not being consumed. Hallelujah. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And then Moses responded and said, Here am I. And then the next voice is the voice of God coming from this bush that has the glory of God intertwined in it. Praise God. And he said, draw not hither. Or he's telling Moses, Moses, I see you're coming toward me. Don't come any closer. Don't come any closer. And uh, he, he said, draw not nigh. Put off or take off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. I love this. They were in the backside of the desert. Here Moses is, 80 years old, walking in some sandals. We don't know what condition the sandals were like. But he needed the sandals because the sand, obviously those of you that have ever gone to a beach on a hot day... That sand, maybe it's just me being a Yankee, but I know I've been on some beaches on some hot days, and that sand can get quite toasty. And uh, so Moses had on his sandals. And as he's approaching God, see this today, child of God, as Moses is approaching God, God says, Stop before you can go any further. Dude, you've got to take your shoes off. Of all the requests, that's the strangest one. That's strange. Of all the things that God commands Moses to do, he tells Moses, the ground you're standing on is holy ground. Take your shoes off. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why? Well, it's simple. Again, as Sister Petra has asked that question, this ground was holy. And for you and I to truly, and I mentioned it during the response, in order for you and I to truly experience that Shekinah glory of God, the realness of God's presence, we had better become very accustomed To getting rid of some things, if you will. To taking some things off. Hallelujah. And Moses was required, before you can come closer to me, Moses. Sister Maxine, you're right. God is holy. And in order for us to draw closer to God, the Bible says, be ye holy, for I am holy holy. Hallelujah. The Bible also says without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. We've got a modern Christianity that wants hallelujah to God. We have a modern Christianity that wants to approach a holy God without letting go of any of its carnality what you have is an abomination you cannot draw closer to god in order for you to come and worship god you've got to be you've got to have a clean mind clean hands and a clean heart that's why repentance when the, on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, read it for yourself. In the book of Acts chapter 2, Peter preached the first message and at the conclusion of his sermon, those on the outside said, men and brethren, what must we do? And then the first thing out of Peter's mouth. It is, it is a commandment of God. The first thing when he was asked, what shall we do? The first words out of his mouth were to repent. Hallelujah. Forsake. Give up those things. Hallelujah. Give up those corruptible things, so that you can pass through and draw closer to God. As children of God in 2021, we must develop a mindset of letting go of the things of this world but And it's only by letting go of the things of this world that we can actually draw closer to God. What's wrong with modern Christianity is everybody wants to flock to God without letting go or repenting. That is an abomination. That is an abomination. And a lot of the things that are done in the Christian world today praise God, is an abomination. I think I mentioned it Sunday as I was preaching. The greatest the greatest obstacle to the church today is not the devil. Hallelujah. What's making more atheists than ever? It is Christians living an unrepented life. Hallelujah. He said, Moses... Moses was 80 years old. How much sin could he be doing at 80? At 80? You see, sin is not always the things that we do with our heart. Sin are the things that we think of. Sin is our attitude. My God, some of us look right, but our attitudes stink. God is calling us especially in this time, especially in looking at current events. God is calling us today to present our bodies a living sacrifice. Praise God. So Moses saw this burning bush and he approached it he had a curiosity about what was going on here. God says, it's all right to be, you're all, you have authority to be curious. But in, in order for you to properly understand what's happening now, you've got to take your shoes off. What does that mean? Get rid, see the ground. God is saying the ground is holy. And what Moses, what he told Moses was, listen, get rid of anything, get rid of anything in your life that is keeping you separated from holy God. Hallelujah. Get rid of anything, even if it's your shoes, anything separate. The ground was holy. That's what God said. Moses I don't want anything to come between you and me. You and my holiness. Holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Now, holiness in our world today is old-fashioned. I'm telling you what, as far as God is concerned, holiness is still a requirement. Praise God. So get rid of your shoes, Moses, because where you're standing is holy ground. I don't want there to be any separation. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, and the and 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 Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Verse 7, and the Lord said, I have surely seen. Now now he got rid of the, the holiness question. Get Moses took his shoes off and approached the Shekinah glory or the visible presence of God. Moses came into the presence of Almighty God. And then once he was in his presence, God gave him direction. This is what happens with us sometimes. We get direction, our own accord, and we want God to bless our direction. God don't play that. We want to take our experiences. We want to take our plans. We want to take those things that we're familiar with and say, here God, you use it. God don't play that. It's great to have Brother Bennett with us. God bless you, sir, my friend. It's great to see you on Facebook. Love you, man. God bless you. We want to take those things that we come up with and we want to give them to God for him to bless. God doesn't work like that. This is the way God does it. You come into his holy presence. Get rid of the things that are separating. Oh, my Lord, God, get rid of those things that are separating you from me. That's what the Lord says. And once you are holy, once you are in my presence, then I will give you you the instructions. Somebody's got to praise God today. Hallelujah. So the Lord says, I have, that's it. Come on. Praise God. I have seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. We looked at this last week. Israel was in Egypt for 430 years. About 300 of those years, the people of God were crying out for deliverer. Hallelujah. Every time you pray a prayer, it's not lost. To God. Somebody said praise the Lord. Every time you pray a prayer... God collects that. Uh, hallelujah. And when he deems the time right, to praise God, he's going to send the answer. There is no prayer ever prayed that God does not hear. His, there is no prayer that is ever prayed that God doesn't respond to. Now sometimes God's going to say, hey, listen, I hear it. We're going to put it right here and, and uh, praise God. We're going to wait a little bit they that wait upon the lord hallelujah shall renew their strength praise god sometimes god says yes sometimes god says no and sometimes god says hey let's just wait a little bit praise god hallelujah and whatever you're going through right now hallelujah god god hears your prayers. You keep praying, you keep praying. The Bible gives us a sample of a uh, of a woman and uh she the, the and she it's a parable that he gives us with a woman that is consistently coming to an evil king and finally he just can't take it anymore and he says whatever you want. And that's how it is with God. Many times just keep coming to God. You see when you're coming to God and you pray the first time and then you go back and pray a second time, it's not not a doubt. You're not doubting God. Sometimes people say, well, you pray too much. That it's not. No, it's an act of faith. Uh, If I pray and I don't get my answer right away, praise God. Most folks that doubt will stop praying. But if I keep on coming into the presence of God, if I'm taking off my shoes, uh, if I'm presenting a humble heart and I'm praying and I'm praying, that's an act of faith and God rewards faith. Hallelujah to the Lord God. Hallelujah to God. And and verse 7 the Lord said I've got to close up. Yeah, that's what the Lord said. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large land. Hallelujah. Listen, when God pulls you out of something, praise God, you best believe when God pulls you out of something, He's gonna take you somewhere better. The Bible lets us know that He leads us from victory to victory. Praise God. The, the song says he is sweeter today. He's sweet. He's sweet. He's sweeter than a honeycomb. Every day with Jesus gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. Praise God. You never decrease with God as you're living for the Lord. Every He takes you from promise to promise and it gets sweeter and sweeter and better and better. And he says to Moses, I've come down to pull my people out of Egypt, but praise God, not only am I going to pull them out of Egypt, but I'm going to lead them to the promised land. Praise God. God always leaves us better than how he found us. Praise God. We've just got to trust the process. Hallelujah. I don't understand it but I'll understand it better by and by. Praise the name praise the name of the Lord God. Hallelujah. And the Lord said, "I have seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by reason of the taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land" In a large land, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Verse 9. Now, therefore, behold, of the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Praise God. So Moses has this Holy Ghost encounter with God himself at the burning bush and the requirements of Moses to at least be in the presence of God, to hear the instructions of God. Praise God. Brother Antoine, God bless you, sir. Welcome you. Welcome, welcome all of you that are on Facebook Live. It's awesome to see the response today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us on Facebook Live. Praise the name of the Lord God. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to stop there today. So much more. We're going to pick up tomorrow with the exciting, uh, uh, the first meeting between Moses and Pharaoh. Let me just give you a heads up about some ministry opportunities coming up. Uh, Praise God. Uh, I believe it's this and, and I see the hearts. I I see the thumbs up, Sister Petra. Just remind me um, if if I forget anything. But I believe it's this Saturday. My calendar is across the room. Uh, this Saturday at five thirty. Uh, at six o'clock, we're gonna make it six o'clock. We have married couples fellowship this coming Saturday, the right. the sixteenth, I believe. Uh, yes. Sixteenth, yeah. great. Um uh at six o'clock we're gonna have Married Couples Fellowship and uh please email me at pobpastor at Gmail dot com. If you would you and your wife or you and your husband would like to participate in our online uh married couples fellowship. Praise the name of the Lord God, Hallelujah. Sister Petra, you got something? Yeah. So this Friday night coming, this Friday, we are meeting with our first lady, Charlene Mack, at the church and on Zoom. She's going to be doing some teaching and we as ladies are going to be praying. Awesome. Awesome. So that's this Friday. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. This Friday, at six, this Friday evening at 6.30 p.m. Awesome. And then one other thing before we are dismissed today. I am very excited. We've been working and developing a curriculum now for about two years. This this curriculum has been in development by myself for the last two years. And we're going to open it up. We're going to have an introductory lesson on the 22nd. I believe that's Friday. uh, The 22nd, Friday night. We're going to call it BAM. BAM. Becoming an alpha male. Now, sometimes recently the word alpha or the the term alpha male has developed a negative connotation, but it is not. Jesus Christ was an alpha male. We're going to look at how in a male, men in our society today are too soft. I think it's a satanic attack against our men, and we're going to counteract that attack with BAM, becoming an alpha male. Again, if you would like to be a part of that as a man, please email me, pobpastor at gmail.com, pobpastor at gmail.com. I wanted to give you those few announcements coming up. Again, I'm very excited about BAM, becoming an alpha male, uh, developing good habits. Uh, how do you do? Or how do you recover from a mistake or failure? Praise God! How to properly groom yourself? How to how to um, h- how to reach out and and develop ministries? All kinds of things, and the focus will be on becoming an alpha man. I've got to quit. Praise God! They're going to be kicking me off the air in just a moment. But God bless you. Love you all. Thank each of you that have joined in on the Zoom room. Sister Brown, Sister Petra. Praise God. All of you that are on Facebook Live. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 1130. And we'll continue the story with Moses and the children of Israel coming out of Egyptian bondage. God bless you all. We'll see you tomorrow. Thumbs up hearts. Praise the name of the Lord. Awesome. God bless.